follow there. It's that time of the day where it's you and me. So come on over, feel welcome in the company and in the presence of Into the Garden with me, Salome Jacobs. No place that you or I would rather be. In that ethereal presence, that calm, serene, that sublime presence, that presence that I know you've got my back, that no matter what, you are there. The one who guides you, the one who listens to you, the one who says, come to me, all he that are heavy burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. So as you enjoy walking in the garden, may you feel the warm embrace where you know that this is the place where hearts are mended, a friendly smile is extended. And you and I are comforted as our burdens, our worries, our cares, perhaps anxieties, are lifted and drifted. And the title is, It Was the Hand of God. But I'd also like to say a very, very special thank you to Angela Morris for embracing you and me today with an absolute inspirational word going into 2021. Decisions determine destiny. So I hope that you will stay tuned because the next voice you will hear is that of Angela Morris, a dear soul sister. And the instruction reads as follows, under the shelter of your wing. But before I start, I'd like to share a short story. A wise old man was talking to a boy and said, There are two wolves always fighting inside me. One is filled with anger, hate, jealousy, shame and lies. The other wolf is filled with love, joy, truth and peace. 
This battle rages inside of you and all men. The boy thought for a moment and asked, Which wolf will win? The old man answered, The one you fade. So what are you and I fading today? Are you so filled with anger, hatred, jealousy? Lame name and shame and lies? Or are you filled with love, joy, truth and peace? For as the pandemic And through this pandemic, what are we feeding it? Are we feeding it our fear? Are we feeding it our anger, our frustration? Because as soon as we release this pandemic into the hands of God. You and I are not feeding it anymore. So, what do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win? The pandemic? Or the hand? The might of God? For the title and the blessing for 2021, it was the hand of God. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. May angels encamp, enwrap and enfold you. May the guardian angels of the universe alongside Archangel Michael be your guardian and doorstopper. Archangel Michael, protector of heaven and earth, cut, sever and remove what's not from God. Legions of the Most High God, I call upon you to arise and encircle us, our homes, our vehicles, our cupboards and erect a spiritual stopper to every entrance every doorway every passageway in jesus name thank you so we can arise in the morrow with a grateful heart for the gift of grace to see a new dawn a new tomorrow for it was the next day that something happened and twas the hand of god And so it is, so shall it be. And this was written the 7th of June 2019. What are you and I feeding? For it was the next day that something happened 
and 'twas the hand of God. Nothing stays the same. Allow God to provide for you and me in wondrous ways. And be eternally grateful that it was the hand of God. And up next, oh yes, is Angela Morris. So stay tuned, stay connected. As you and I seek refuge under the shelter of your wings. Truth 
Happy New Year to you, Angela Mars from the United States of America. During this time of, I guess lots of people make what we call resolutions. They make New Year's resolutions. And I oftentimes ask the Lord at the beginning of the year, what do you want me to concentrate on? And that's a good place to start at the beginning of every year. Instead of talking about what you're going to eat and how much you want to weigh by the end of the year, ask the Lord to give you some direction as to what he'd like for you to focus on for that year. And with that being said, I'd like to share something with you today that the Lord put in my spirit a couple of years ago. And today's message is titled, Decisions Determine Destiny. The decisions that you make or don't make will determine your destiny. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the year 2021. We thank you for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. And Lord, with the message that you've given me today about decisions determining our destiny, Father, I pray that these words will penetrate hearts, these words will penetrate minds, and Lord, that they will take heed to some of the things, Father, that you have shared with me. And Father, it's all done in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, today I want to talk a little bit about your decisions will determine your destiny. Yes, the decisions that you make or the decisions that you don't make will determine your destiny. Now, the scripture says to us in James, uh, the first chapter, the fifth through the eighth verse, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that a man think, for let not that a man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Uh, I was a classroom teacher for over 32 years, and I've read lots and lots and lots of books, especially to my primary students down in in grades, you know, kindergarten and first grade, second grade, those grades. I've read many, many books. Have you ever heard of Dr. Seuss? I'm sure you have. Well, you know, Dr. Dr. Seuss wrote such books as, you know, Green Eggs and Ham, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which was very popular, you know, with the holidays just passing us. Uh, the Cat in the Hat, and so, and along with like 40 other books. Dr. Seuss is a well-known author, and he's the ninth best-selling fiction author of all time. He had books that had, had uh, he was known for, for his made-up characters in his books. Well, you know what? Dr. Seuss wrote this poem, and it's called The Zode in the Road. Now, just imagine a Zode being a, a made-up character. This is about a zoo in the middle of the road. And it goes like this. A young zoo comes to a fork in the road and spends quite some time trying to decide which place to go. Or which place to go to. <clears throat> Excuse me. He thinks about the possibility that one place may be too hot and the other too cool. Or one too high and the other too low. After scratching his head in indecision, the zoo finally decides to play it safe and start off for both places at once. So ask yourself, hmm, 
So which direction did the Zoe go? Did the Zoe go in? I mean, he decided to go both of them at the same time. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Now think about this. The word of God tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, Dr. Smoose, Dr. Seuss might have some understanding about making decisions. Decisions determine destiny. Now, how many of you ever heard the statement, life is a series of choices? You ever heard that? Life is a series of choices. Now, to some, that's just a little too simple. But guess what? It really is true. Your decisions will determine your destiny. Likewise, you make a decision every day that moves you closer to your God-ordained destiny. Or guess what? Or you make decisions that move you away from your God-ordained destiny. We are living in a world of past decisions. Yep, we sure are. The better decisions you make, the better your life. So ask yourself, well, what is a decision? Hmm. A decision means that you made your mind up on something that determined a course of action. Let me say that again. A decision means that you made your mind up on something that determined a course of action. Amen? Amen. Okay, listen. Apostle Jonas Clark's one of my favorite all-time readers, once said that he had been in the ministry for over 30 years, seeing people make disastrous decisions. Now, not only did they make terrible decisions, they rarely even came to him as their pastor seeking counsel. So most of the time, people just told him what they were going to do. Then when others asked him about them, uh, about their decisions, they would just tell people that they had talked to him about them. He told, they would tell people that, well, I talked with the pastor. The worst was people would say God told them to do this or that. And guess what? We know God didn't say it. Something to think about. You might have heard this. A repeated mistake is a decision. What? Let's say it again. A repeated mistake is a decision. A mistake repeated more than once is a decision. Listen to the lesson of that. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Mm. Learn, grow, and improve from your mistakes. Because if you keep making the same ones, you're choosing to do so. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing that um, uh, Apostle Jonas Clark said, he was saying that, you know, after many years of watching the, the fruit of bad decisions, he had come to the conclusion that one wrong decision can cost you years of wasted time. Let me say that again. Let me just say that one more time. Years of watching the fruit of bad decisions, he had come to the conclusion that one wrong decision can cost you years of wasted time. Now, I'm going to share this story with you. And in this story I'm about to share, you will see how wrong decision cost this young man 30 years, 30 years of wasted time. Okay, so let's say that an 18-year-old fella named Johnny makes a terrible decision. He goes out rebellious, going parties, and he meets a girl. Guess what? There's a one-night stand, 
And what happens during that one night stand? The girl gets pregnant. Mm, mm, mm. The girl absolutely hates Johnny because they were. it was all about what? It was all about sex. She totally hates Johnny and refuses to allow him to be the father to the child. He's, however, responsible for what? Paying child support. Okay. Ten more years go by, suffering from the one-night stand. How old is Johnny now? Johnny is 28 years old. So at 28 years old, he makes another wrong decision. He steals from his employer. He gets caught. And guess what? He's convicted of a felony. And where does he go? Right. He serves time in jail. He gets out, but can't find a decent paying job because of what? His criminal record. Another 10 years of wasted time. Suffering goes by. How old is Johnny now? He started at 18. Made a bad decision at 28. Now Johnny is 30. Eight years old. At 38, Johnny becomes unequally yoked with an unbelieving business partner. And yet again, he suffers what? The fruit of disobeying God's word. The company falls apart and he files personal bankruptcy. How old is Johnny now? Now Johnny is 48 years old. Just notice this. Three bad decisions wasted 30 years of Johnny's life. People go wrong because they don't obey the written word of God. They don't see God's counselors. Uh, 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 perhaps their, their parents who are wise or even successful people that have already been down that road. 30 years of his life. Now, let me tell you something about counsel. Not just counsel. Here is some sound counsel that can help you. Think about it. Don't make decisions out of emotions, out of your emotions, such as anger, fear, rage, confusion, pain, revenge, or even rebellion. Okay? When warfare comes against you, don't break rank. Don't go the opposite direction. Don't backslide into your own familiar world. You remember what happened to the tribe of Ephraim? They turned back in the day of battle because they didn't believe God or even trust in his salvation. Now, in the book of Psalms, 78, chapter, uh, chapter 78, verses 9 through 11 tells us that. If you want to, you know, read a little bit more about it, go there. Psalm 78. This Christian walk is not only a walk of faith, but it's a life of faith. Hallelujah. We've seen many people destroy God's plan for them by quitting on God. They just stop cold turkey and running back into their old lifestyles or the devil they are familiar with. Please don't jump ship. Trust God's process. Trust the process. God knows what he's doing. I remember back in January of 2019, I was having a conversation with the Lord regarding uh, my trust and uh, how much I trusted him to control my life. He posed a question to me, and I tell you what an eye-opener that was for me. He said to me, Ann Morris, can I trust you to trust me? Let me say those words again. Can I trust you to trust me? Wow. Profound words. Now, let the word of God govern your life. 
that said, Hebrews 4.12 tells us that, about letting the word of God govern our life. And then, no, I'm sorry. It's not, no, I, what I'm saying, let the word of God govern your life. But in Hebrews 4th chapter, verse 12, what does it say? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay, here's another one. Renew your mind daily with the word. Renew your mind daily with the word. Another one. Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. And you say, well, what, 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 God, well, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to make right decisions, to know what to do, and to rightly discern the times and the seasons. And the last one here, spend time alone with the Holy Spirit in your secret place, wherever that might be. It may be in your private closet. It may be in your bedroom. It may be in a closet on your job. But wherever your secret place is, the secret place is your private prayer closet. And when you enter the presence of the Holy Spirit, you enter the presence of wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all that getting, get what? Yes, get understanding. Seek counsel from your pastor. Your pastor, believe it or not, your pastor has an anointing or grace from the Holy Spirit just to help you. Now, don't go to your pastor and tell him what you're going to do and call that a counseling session. No, ask him for godly wisdom and counseling. Let me tell you something about your pastor, the angel in your house, the man of God, the man that God has appointed. Your pastor is not on the same level as your prayer partner. He's not on the same level as your fishing buddy or even your co-worker. God has a grace on them with a special anointing. God has graced your pastors with a special grace and a special anointing. Hallelujah. Also, find counsel from successful Christian people. You know, your pastor might not always be there, but you can find counsel from other successful Christian people. Successful people are achievers. Yeah, achievers have fought many lions. They brought many bears and they brought many Goliaths too. And you never want to leave a good church for a job. Let me say that again. You don't want to leave a good church for a good job or cheaper house or better weather. Make sure you hear from the Holy Spirit and his counselors agree. Scripture says there is safety in a multitude of counselors. Hallelujah. God can turn your bad decisions. Yeah, he can turn your, your bad decisions. God can turn around your bad decisions. But what do you think you need to do? How can God turn around your bad decisions? You must repent. You must submit. And you must surrender. Now, the book of James gave us a very valuable, gave us some very valuable instruction when he said... If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally, and abrace not, and it shall be given him. Glory to God. 
seeks Christ's counsel and obey his instruction. The instruction you obey determines the benefits you will receive. How about that? Now, in scripture, there were many, many people that made bad decisions in the scriptures. And of course, you know, bad decisions are comes with what? Bad consequences. So, let's name a few. Remember Adam and Eve? Everybody remembers Adam and Eve. Well, God created Adam and Eve. Adam, the first man. He then created Eve by taking her from the river man to be his companion. She succumbs to the surface temptation to eat the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm, 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 mm. She then takes the fruit and shares it with Adam. And as a result of that, for the first time, humans are what? They're expelled. They're put out of the garden. They're put out of the garden of Eden forever. Adam and Eve's disobedience to God, and it's often called the, the fall of man, had a profound effect on the rest of humanity. That's us. It had a direct effect on us. This is another reason why you need to give great thought in the decisions that you make. Remember Judas Iscariot? Yeah. He was one of the 12 disciples, 12 original disciples of Jesus. Judas is known for his kiss and betrayal of Jesus in, you know, to the Sanhedrin for 30 silver coins. And following the betrayal, what does he do? He hangs himself. <clears throat> Can you imagine... <clears throat> Excuse me. Can you imagine the pain and the torment Judas must have suffered leading up to his death? You see, the devil will convince you to do something and then you'll be right over there on the sideline laughing at you for doing it. <clears throat> then there's Ananias and his wife Sapphira. Guess what they did? They sold their land but secretly withheld a portion of the proceeds. Ananias presented his donation to Peter first. Peter replied, Why is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? Peter pointed out to Ananias, was in control of the money and could give or keep it as, you know, however he saw fit. But what did he do? He withheld a portion of it. Peter stated that Ananias had lied not to just men. But to God, what do you think happened to Ananias? Ananias died on the spot and was carried out. Everyone who heard about the incident feared the Lord. Three hours later, after Ananias' death, his wife arrived. Now, she was totally unaware of what had happened. Peter asked her the price of the land that she and Ananias had just sold. And she stated the same untruthful price that her husband Ananias had given. <clears throat> what do you think happened to her? Mm -hmm. She also fell dead. Sapphira on the Sapphira's on the spot decision determined her on the spot destiny. Their decision determined their destiny. Be careful of the decisions you make. Then there's David. David made a series of poor decisions. Now, let me read to you this regarding David. David is described as a man after God's own heart. This description gives us insight into the heart of a man who loves God, 
serves him, and has completely dedicated his life to living for and pleasing God. But sometime around the age of 50, David makes a series of decisions that have far-reaching implications for his family. It's the worst chapter of his life. He commits adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. Then he conspires to have her husband Uriah killed. Not only did he conspire, he did just that. He had him killed. And then after uh, Uriah's murder, David marries the widow, who rather than doing the right thing and expose the sin, David lives thinking he's gotten away with his sin for months. How can a man after God's own heart sin so desperately in such a wicked way? Mm. Unfortunately, it's far too easy for us to find yourselves or to find ourselves deep in sin. For David, it started out so simple. Just a glance, just a look. He made one decision that cost him dearly. Remember this about sin. There are three things. Well, there are at least three things in your life. Sin will always do. First one, sin will take you farther than you really want to go. Number two, sin will keep you longer than you want to stay. And the third one, sin will cost you more than you ever want to pay. That's why it's so vital to train yourself to say no to the temptation, to walk away, run away if you need to, turn back to the Lord. When you choose to step into sin, ever so little, you don't control the situation anymore. You're yielding control of your life to evil. Yes, you are. You're entering into what we call the sin process. And when you enter into the sin process, guess what? It will capture you. It will hurt you. It will harm you. Ultimately, It will destroy you. You cannot control your destiny once you allow yourself to engage in sin. Learn from David's life and sinful mistakes. Now, is there a way to know we're making the right decisions in life? Absolutely. I believe that when you passionately walk with God daily, it prepares you for decision making. Yes, it does. The power cross will see you through every decision you make. I promise. Now, let me ask you five questions about decision making. How will you answer? Now, I'm going to read each question. I'm going to give you a little time to think to yourself the answer you would give in regards to the question. The first one. First question number one. Do I have a word from God's word about this decision? Hmm. Hmm. You say to yourself, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word always shows us God's way. So if that is the case, be confident. The Holy Spirit never leads you away from God's word. There are some decisions you do not even need to pray about because the answers are already clear in God's word. Okay, question number two. What would Jesus want me to do? 
Hmm. Think about it. Think about it. What would Jesus want me to do? The life of Jesus Christ always sheds light on your decision making. Jesus brings clarity. If it's muddy, not him. Jesus brings clarity. If the decision represents his character, then it's probably right. If not, it's wrong. It's wrong. Question three. Have I value what others have told me? Think about the question. Godly counsel can help you if you are willing to listen to it. I probably need to say that again. Godly counsel can help you if you're willing to listen to it. Ungodly counsel will never help you. Therefore, only seek the counsel of people who are mature in the Lord, walk in his word daily, they're prayer warriors, and have a proven life of healthy decision making. Did you hear me say healthy? I didn't say unhealthy. Healthy decision making. Question four. Have I saturated this decision in prayer? Have you given it to God? Yeah. Go to God in prayer before you go to anyone else about it. Then, when you receive good counsel from others, you will be more in tune spiritually to hear it. And my last question, question five. Am I willing to trust the Lord through it all? Hmm. Is this really your prayer? Am I willing to trust the Lord through it all? Is this really your prayer? May his kingdom come and may his will be done on earth in our decision making. Even as it is being done right now in heaven. Let me say this to you. Jesus opened doors in your life that no one can close. Jesus closes doors in your life that no one can open. Yes, you can trust Jesus in your decision-making. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah, somebody. Now, let me give you a couple of people that made good decisions in Scripture. I didn't want to just give you the bad decisions, uh, people that made bad decisions, but there were quite a few people that also made very good decisions in Scripture. Remember Esther? Yeah, she was a young Jewish girl chosen by King Ahasuerus as his queen. She kept her Jewish identity a secret, but she had a cousin named Mordecai. He was a servant to the king. He overheard a plot and warned his master through Esther. How about that? Mordecai offended a high court official named Haman. Yeah, they call him Wicked Haman, who decided to kill not only Mordecai, but all the Jews in the Persian Empire. Now, what did you hear me say earlier? That uh, Esther was a young what? She was a young Jewish girl. Now, Esther turned the tables. She gave two banquets and pleaded with the king. And Haman was horribly punished. He was hanging on the very gallows he had built for Mordecai. Letters were sent throughout the kingdom, repealing the decree, and the Jewish people in Persia were saved. How about that? Then there's Daniel, one of the major prophets. There were many decisions made by Daniel that brought great consequences. This one particular time, Daniel made up his mind that he would not 
defile himself with the king's choice of food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. So guess what happened? God granted Daniel favor. Not only did he grant him favor, he granted him compassion in the sight of the commander of the of the of the of, you know, of the officials. His decision determined his destiny. But I want you to know the greatest decision ever made, the greatest decision made of all time was when the Lord Jesus Christ himself who chose to die for a sinful world so that we might have the right to eternal life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Remember, decisions determine your destiny. Remember the, the, the Dr. Seuss poem that I shared earlier? A zoe in the road? Don't be a zoe. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your time. Don't live in mediocrity. Don't just exit. Make the decisions that will determine your destiny. Now, I want to give you four life-changing decisions that every person has to make. I'm sure there are many. But here are four life-changing decisions every person has to make. The first one, you have to commit your life to Christ and become a part of his family. That's an absolute must. Now, if you haven't done that, what you waiting on? Not to decide is to decide. Not to decide really is to decide. Number two, to commit to the healthy habits that will grow you spiritually, that will help grow you spiritually, like spending time with the Lord, reading your word, assembling with the saints, don't be a wishy-washy, lukewarm, shallow Christian. Be all that God wants you to be. Three, use your talents, your gifts, abilities, and experience to serve God and others. Some of you have been sitting on the bench, <laughs> and it's time to get up and get in the game. And the very last one, number four, one of the life-changing decisions that you need to make is to share Jesus Christ with others. Once you know the good news, once you've heard and received the good news, you're to become a messenger so that others may hear it too. Hallelujah. Now, I'd like to end with this. And my challenge to you today is this. Take control over your life and your destiny by making decisions that are in line with God's word. No one in his or her right mind wants to live sad, depressed, sick, in lack and defeat. Everyone in their right mind wants the most out of life. They want to enjoy life. They want to be successful. They want to be prosperous. I believe that you fall into that category. I believe with all my heart that everyone listening here want to prosper and be successful. So let me encourage you today to start making decisions to reach that destiny. If you've been sowing to the flesh and making decisions that are, are in opposition to God's word, get off that exit, baby. Get off. Turn around. Start going in the other direction. 
Do not continue to travel in a direction <clears throat> that is going to take you to a destination that you do not want to reach. I think I better say that again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do not continue to travel in a direction that is going to take you to a destination that you do not want to reach. Choose life and choose blessings by choosing the word of God today. God's word is a roadmap to the most prosperous and the most enjoyable life that we could ever live. And my last one, if we will make decisions that are in line with God's word, we will reach a point where we are experiencing days of glory right here on this earth. Hallelujah. How many of you today will stand with me and say, Lord, I will follow you. I understand that the decisions that I make will determine my destiny. So, Father, give me what is needed to make the good decisions to determine my destiny. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And amen. So, thank you for joining me. I hope that you enjoyed the inspirational word by Angela Morris that your and my decisions determine your and my destiny. Now when you and I speak positive over our lives and not just over your and my life but family, friends, neighbors, co-workers. There's a change. Because when you, when I look into God's holiness, He's the one who holds the anchor. He's the one who holds the key. For it was the hand of God that carried you and carried me into 2021. So as some of you are making New Year's resolutions. Let's ask, is there anything, Lord, in me that you want changed? Is there anything in my life that I need to look at, to work on? Show me. Teach me. Yeah, my Lord. Help me. Help me to become a better wife. Help me to serve you more. 
less of me and more of you, Lord. What's inside of me, Lord, that is not pleasing to you? As I step into my own garden, when I look into your holiness, Lord, change me, make me ever new. What can I, Salome Jacobs, do for you? What can Angela Morris do for you? What can Rochelle Steer do for you? What can Carol Schultz do for you? What can Russell Jacobs do for you? For it was the hand of God. That can change and alter and rearrange. So thank you for joining me. Until next time, same time, same place.
from the land of Moab. And she was met with grief and heartache. She was a widow. And she lived with her mother-in-law, who was also a widow. And now it was time to move on. she had heard an inner invitation to come and taste and see. And so she vowed herself to her mother-in-law and said, where you go, I will go. Where you lie, I will lie. Where you die, I will die. And she begins a journey to the promised land. She's traveling through the desert. And she's leaving her despair.
followed him. She listened at his feet. She served him. And she loved him. Oh, how she loved him. Hey.